Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. And we begin reading in verse 1. He entered and was passing through Jericho. There was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, and he couldn't because of the crowd, because he was short. He ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Now, this is the account of the famed story of Zacchaeus the man who found inexplicable fame in children's Sunday school classes around the world. Sadly, stories like this one tend to get lost in the legend, and we are therefore apt to miss the point in the impact of its inclusion in Scripture. You see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which would have brought him the scorn of his Jewish brethren, yet it would have also made him nearly untouchable in terms of recourse. A tax collector in that day and in that place was hated for a couple of reasons. One, he collected taxes from the, from the occupied Jewish nation for the Roman occupiers. Therefore, he was in the strictest sense a turncoat, a, a traitor. He was actually even despised by those who employed him for he was looked at as the lowest of individuals who apparently lacked even the slightest integrity. Secondly, the general rule of thumb for a tax collector was to collect more tax than was required, which would therefore supplement his income at the expense of his neighbors. So all in all, this Zacchaeus was not a popular fellow around town, to say the least. However, though these nefarious activities, or through these nefarious activities, Zacchaeus had indeed become rich. Therefore, we can gather that he did his job very well. And yet his wealth and his power still failed to fulfill him. He still lacked the purpose and the joy that comes only through spiritual rebirth. Now, Zacchaeus wasn't just trying to see Jesus. The text says he sought to see who Jesus was. I think that's what made this Zacchaeus special. I mean, plenty of people come to church to try to catch a glimpse of Jesus, if you will. They might be motivated by curiosity or some Hollywood paparazzi mentality. And in that, we can often chase after Jesus for a lot of reasons other than a true and seeking heart. Reasons that are ultimately useless, meaningless, and frankly, a waste of our lives. Zacchaeus, however, had come truly seeking who Jesus was. And whether he understood the full ramifications or not, the fact remains. The answer to that question, well, that's the answer to everything. Now, we know from the story of Zacchaeus that he was a man of short stature. However, apparently, he did not let his physical, earthly inabilities prevent him from reaching his goal. Perhaps he realized that this was much too important to allow for failure. Verse 5 of our text it says, When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. 
He hurried, came down, and received him joyfully. Now the text says that Jesus looked up and saw him. Now that may seem to be a simple statement of action. If we excluded the one thing uh, in this text, the one doing the seeing is important. For Jesus, you see, sees a man much differently than we do. He sees more than just our physical outward actions. He sees motivation and attitude, thoughts. He sees our heart. He knew out of all of these that were there that day, that it was Zacchaeus who stood out as a man truly seeking the Messiah, the Son of God, and all that that meant. So upon his contact with Jesus, Zacchaeus did not waste any time. It says he climbed down hurriedly and received him joyfully. Verse 7. When they saw it, they all murmured, saying, He's gone to the lodge with a man who is a sinner. Please note again, it says, But when they saw it, they all murmured. You know, there's always going to be those, even within the religious world, who will be offended by any foray into the lost world. You see, such comes from self-righteous hearts and an illusion that, I don't know, having at some point made an intellectual decision for a religious life, that they now somehow departed, if you will, from this world. Yet not only is that idea a fallacy, to do so actually would be to literally negate our calling from Christ because he told us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Often I think we live in the error that we need to only open the front doors of the church and the people will flood in. But that is not the example Jesus gave us in his earthly ministry. No, Jesus went to the street and he found Zacchaeus. Mind you, he never joined them in their sin. He never became one of them or adopted their worldly attributes. Yet he did go out to get them. However, once again, those who are holed up in churches do not like us to go out there. They will criticize and they'll call you names. Many who do not have such a love nor the time for others will, well, eventually depart for greener pastures at some other church. I think few people are willing to go on the offensive in the spiritual battle. Instead, they choose to reside in fear and in the comfort of their padded pews. They don't like it when you go out because by doing so, you shame them in, the, in their spiritual reclusive attitudes. They don't see those living in poverty or those in third world villages as their equals. 2 Timothy 3.5 describing them says they have a, quote, form of godliness but deny its power, end quote. Verse 8 says, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have wrongfully exacted anything of anyone, I restored four times as much. I can't help but think here about the rich young and the quite pious ruler back in chapter 18. Because this castaway, this tax collector here, uh, uh, again, the castaway of society, he was willing to step up and he was willing to do right. That rich man, he claimed righteousness, but his claim to fame, fame was mostly what he didn't do, not what he did do. You see, Zacchaeus, he was willing to act in his faith. He put some movement behind his words, and in doing so, he found the blessings of Christ. Ultimately, he found salvation. 
Verse 9 says, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. His salvation, you see, it did not come from his works, and that's important for us to understand. His salvation came from a faith, however, that was real enough to produce those works. I think James had a right when he said, faith without works is dead. Jesus states clearly what his earthly mission is in this passage. Note the careful language. He says that he had to first seek those who would be saved, not wait for them. After all, if they knew their way to God, then they wouldn't be lost, would they? Verse 11, as they heard these things, he went on and told a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that God's kingdom would be revealed immediately. Just like now, you see, there were many religious folks who were determined then to fix the current world up, put a shine on it, and call it their own. We do it today, and we use elements of legislation and politics, picketing and a huge dose of morality. Those people back in that day and even those today refuse to believe that such a kingdom is not the path of Christ and not the path of his followers, not to mention useless. And those individuals will literally fight against those who claim otherwise. That's why there is this clear and vast divide between individuals, churches and fellowships today who claim to be part of the greater body of Christ, yet they hold vastly different objectives and perspectives. So what was Christ's position on the matter? When most folks were standing around, and are yet standing around, waiting for Christ to take control and secure their cable TV and their comfortable lives, Jesus was saying, Look, there's work to be done. We have business to attend to until he returns to set up his kingdom upon a new earth cleansed by fire. This current one is corrupt and it's rancid and it will not be saved. But the souls of its occupants are still in play and they are always to be our absolute focus. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.